Well, BC marks a big anniversary tomorrow. For more on that, we're joined now by Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Uh, yeah, 150th anniversary of British Columbia deciding to throw in its lot with uh, that place on the other side of the mountains, <laughs> Canada. Uh, by the way, I am a Confederation baby. I was yes. born in 1971, and the premier at the time uh, made sure that every baby born in 1971 got one of those certificates, right? Saying that we were, and I have one in my baby photo album, that I was born in the 100th year of BC's Confederation. Well, uh, yeah, a big celebration in, in 1971. The government actually put aside mm, 30 million bucks to celebrate uh, this year, but mm, we're kind of distracted by by a few I other so, things. Yes. Um, but still uh, worth marking. The interesting thing, and I know you're a student of history, Simi, is you look back history far enough, everything seems inevitable. But it really wasn't inevitable that British Columbia would become part of Canada. There's a lot of Americans, including the then president, Ulysses S. Grant, and his secretary of state, who thought that uh, B.C. might fall into American hands. They'd, They'd bought Alaska. They had already made Oregon a state. Washington was a territory. And... With only the audacity that the Americans could muster, they suggested to Great Britain that, um, why don't you just hand over British Columbia to settle outstanding claims for reparations from the U.S. Civil War? The Americans were pretty sure the British owed them some money for for how things had gone there and for helping the South. And uh, Britain didn't reject that idea out of hand. I think it's fair to say that, you know, uh, they didn't accept it, but they didn't reject it. And hey, there were some people here and lived in the provincial capital uh, in Victoria who thought, well, Americans uh, might not be such a bad idea, you know, it might be welcome. They did uh, negotiate terms of union. I was just scanning them this morning. British Columbia is pretty demanding, you know. We, we, <laughs> for we once, asked yes. for a lot. Uh, we asked Ottawa to take on our debts. Uh, we asked them to make sure they provided a steamer service to San Francisco, uh, not quite the precursor of the cruise ship industry, but still. And, um, oh, yeah, they had to build a railway to British Columbia right. <laughs> across the, the Rocky Mountains, the uh, prairies in northern Ontario, and they had to have it done within 10 years. So, you know, some pretty tough demands there. The railway did not arrive within 10 years, and at that point, the B.C. legislature voted to leave. <laughs> you know, that attention, didn't take Quebec. Long. We yeah. invented separatism. <laughs> uh, I, I love the comment. One of, one of Canada's governors general, you can just see him rolling his eyes after all this back and forth. He, he referred to British Columbia as the spoiled child of Canadian Confederation. So even then, we were a pain in the neck. And uh, anyway, here we are, 150th anniversary, um, cause for celebration. One thing I would flag out of the terms of union, though, Mm -hmm. because um, needless to say, the indigenous people of British Columbia were not consulted on this decision. But Ottawa did write into the terms of union that Indians, as they were known then, and Indian lands and Indian rights were um, the exclusive territory of the federal government. Uh, the Canada didn't quite trust the settlers in British Columbia to look after the interests of the indigenous people, and they told us kind of their 
hands off. <laughs> Again, interesting. Uh, I think if you follow the history, it's not like Ottawa looked after the interests of the exactly. indigenous people all that well either. But it it's right there in the terms of union that you know. First of all, we hedged, and second of all, they hedged regarding the indigenous people. Okay, that's coming up tomorrow. Also, yep. yesterday Didn't was I tonight, another actually. I oh. think so. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yesterday was also a bit of an anniversary too. I don't know where the time has gone, but it's been four years in office already for Premier John Horgan. Yeah, Premier John Horgan, uh, fourth anniversary, uh, becoming Premier, uh, July eighteenth, uh, twenty seventeen, and you know, I think if you went back to that date, you'd find even some new Democrats. Uh, uh, would have been surprised that he survived in office this long. Uh, remember, the, uh, the the New Democrats took office on the strength of a power-sharing agreement with the Greens. They still only had a bare majority in the legislature. But, um, you know, the, it, it, the transition was fairly quick. Uh, first of all, uh, one of the Liberals agreed to serve as Speaker, so that reduced the opposition ranks. Uh, that was Daryl Plekis, and, and that gave Horgan a fair chance to show what he could do. And I think you go back, uh, those first two years in particular as Premier, he earned uh, what was, in fact, fairly impressive polling numbers. Uh, Horgan, I covered him in opposition. He was an angry, frustrated man. As Premier, he was confident and decisive. And I think did very, very well. And of course, uh, last September seized the opening uh, to go for a majority, which he won. And whatever one thinks of his decision to do that, and I think it was cynical and opportunistic, but it doesn't matter. It created an election where people, eh, the only real question was, do you want to change governments in the middle of a pandemic? And yeah. the answer was no. And here we are today. He's marking his fourth anniversary, a clear run to the next election, which on the books, the next election is set for October the 19th, 2024. I don't think Horgan feels bound by that any more than he felt bound by the last one. But here's an interesting thing. He turns 65 in August 2024. Mm -hmm. And... Hmm, some new Democrats are asking themselves in the back of their mind, uh, will he run again or will he go out at the top of his game, which is where he is right now? Well, here's the thing. And as you know this much better than I do, is that uh, B.C. politicians, particularly premiers, don't tend to go out at the top of their game in this province, Vaughn. They tend to uh, overstay their welcome a little bit and get pushed out. <laughs> That's a very good point. And, you know, if you walk through the hall of the premiers at the legislature building or <laughs> the hall of shame one might call it for some of the people in there uh there's what 36 premiers since uh, we joined canada so like what one every three or four years uh most of them were one term some of them didn't even last a whole term uh, horgan if he sticks around like horgan this year later this year will become the longest serving ndp premier in bc history so he passes mike harcourt and if he sticks around a couple more years, he'll pass Christy Clark, and he'll be number six or seven on the list of premiers. Premiers, yeah, NBC don't last that long. And, of course, the other thing that happens is it's very easy as a premier to be seduced by your polling numbers. Exactly. Polling, you know, there it's only a snapshot. It isn't a crystal ball. 
And if John Horgan wants to know what can happen to your polling numbers, all he has to do is ask Premier Adrian Dix, who had the election win in the bag in 2013 with two or three weeks to go and lost. So um, politics will return. We are a contentious place. Just ask the rest of Canada, which has been putting up with us for 150 years. Well, just ask every other ex-BC Premier out there. There's a whole lot of them wandering around out there still. (laughs) Uh, You know, we've got got a lot of ex-Premiers. And uh, once they've left office, they tend to get, you know, honoured and sometimes even get things named after them. But, uh, Hmm. yeah, it's it's a fickle place and it's a challenging place to govern. And with the pandemic fading as a news story, and let's hope that continues, then all the other challenges come back, and Horgan faces a lot of them going forward. Sure does. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.